Hello everyone and welcome to Chills, a podcast where we talk about the paranormal, true crime, and anything creepy. I'm your host, Preston Porras. And I'm Nina Cardona. Today we will be talking about aliens and UFOs. Since the government recently announced the existence of aliens and everyone was just like, okay, and moved on. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Chills. Welcome to the most exciting subcommittee in Congress this week, opened Representative Glenn Grothman. On July 26, 2023, a House Oversight Committee heard accounts and statements from former U.S. intelligence officers who claim that the U.S. government knows much more about UFOs than the public thinks and even has possession of non-human biological matter. The sheer number of reports, whistleblowers, and stories of unidentified anomalous phenomena should raise real questions and warrant investigation and oversight. And that's why we're here today, said Representative Robert Garcia. To date, U.S. Navy pilots and other American military forces have reported over 650 instances of flying objects moving in ways that normal human technology can't recreate. Some things reported included objects changing direction so fast that our technology and planes can't do the same. Not to mention the amount of G-forces it would take to change direction that fast would kill any human on board. As recently as 2020, the Navy has released videos showing three of their sightings. In one of the released videos, there's maybe three or four small flying objects over the ocean. They almost look like ghost orbs or dust, but they're moving insanely fast. One thing I thought was weird was that there was no wake behind them. With how close they looked to the water, it looked like there should be some waves or something behind them. But nope, calm water no matter where it flew. If you want to see them for yourself, they're up on YouTube. You can search Pentagon UFO videos or something similar. You should be able to find a few from like real verified news sources and legit accounts. These aren't accounts with cringy thumbnails and titles like my dog rated area 51 and you'll never believe what he found. That's a video I'd watch. Just saying. I bet they'd come back with some alien bones. Alien bones? They'd, they'd come back glowing. Anyways, let's get back to the hearing. So the main guy being questioned by the committee was retired Major David Grush, a former Air Force intelligence officer. He said in 2019 he was asked by the head of a government task force to identify all highly classified programs relating to the task force mission. He was originally assigned to the National Reconnaissance Office. That's the branch of the military that operates America's spy satellites. Grush goes on to say, I was informed in the course of my official duties of a multi-decade UFO crash retrieval and reverse engineering program to which I was denied access. He even mentioned that the U.S. government has been aware of non-human activity since the 1930s. Grush mentioned that he has several colleagues who were even injured by UFOs. Part of his job was to interview citizens who have claimed to recover non-human biologics from crash sites. That could be like dog poop or something. Non-human biologicals? That's like bird poop. Bird poop? Yeah, I've got non-human biologicals on my car right now. Ew. That sounds disgusting. Grush said he couldn't share any more details because the information was too sensitive to share with the public. He did say this, though. He goes, I have to be very careful here. 
What I personally witnessed, myself and my wife, was very disturbing. Let me guess. Weather balloon. Have you ever seen a weather balloon? <laughs> it's disturbing. <laughs> I know I get uneasy when I see them. Now, unsurprisingly, the Pentagon took less than a day to come out and say none of this is true. It's not like they'd say, oh yeah, this dude nailed it. We've been playing it for years. At this base in Texas, we have this one alien family station wagon. Oh, and over in California, this other alien dude forgot his shoe when we chased his ship off the beach. Nah, they said that Grush's claims were an insult to the employees who are currently investigating sightings and that he was not cooperating with the government investigation. I really do hope we can hear more from some other people who might have seen stuff at some point. Well, I'm glad you said that. While I was doing my research, I found an interactive map on history.com and it is titled UFO Sightings Taken Seriously by the U.S. Government. During 1947 through 1969, there were 12,618 UFO sightings reported to Project Blue Book. Project Blue Book was a secret Air Force team designed to scientifically investigate whether any of the UFO sightings posed a threat. I am going to quickly talk about the most interesting cases. If there are any you would like to hear more about, feel free to comment on our Instagram post and we will cover it in our next episode. So this episode will have a part two. Don't read. Oh, I thought you were reading ahead. <laughs> I want you to be surprised. First account of a man in black. This one occurred on June 28, 1947, on Mari Island, Washington. Harold Dahl, along with his son and their dog, were on their boat in Puget Sound. I am sorry if I mispronounce any of these words because a lot of names and a lot of places and English is not my first language. What is it? Alien? Yes, I speak alien. You know this. Okay, anyways. um, So they're on their boat, you know, Harold, their dog, and his son. When suddenly they saw six flying saucers hovering above them. Suddenly it started raining metallic debris. Unfortunately, their dog didn't make it. I know, I know, I'm sorry. The next day, Harold was visited by a strange man in a black suit who knew all the details about their incident. He told Harold, forget the whole situation or there will be consequences. They didn't have the, the little memory eraser like in the movie. Um, you know, I didn't read the full article, so, but I'm assuming they didn't. Yeah, the 40s were a little behind. I wouldn't expect them to have. Exactly. Memory. Man, Daphne's really biting the mess out of me right now. Well, because she heard about the dog. She's upset. Next, we move on to the most well-known case. In the summer of 1947, mid-June, early July, in Roswell, New Mexico, the U.S. Air Force announced that they had recovered parts of a flying saucer, that had crashed on a ranch. Decades later, they admitted that the wreck came from an aerial spy device. There are some conspiracy theorists that believe they actually captured aliens. What do you think? It came from a spy device mm -hmm. that captured aliens and the aliens shot it down? <laughs> Look, <laughs> where were you during this story? No, okay. Okay, so... Oh my god. It was part of a flying saucer and the government said... No, okay. it's this other thing. So basically, this is a flying saucer crashed on a ranch. Officials, you know, said, you know, this happened. And then they said, just kidding, it was a weather balloon. And then decades later, they were like, no, it was from an aerial spy device. Hmm. 
But theorists believe it. it's like actual like alien stuff. Alien ships that crashed down. Yeah. And this was also Roswell, New Mexico. Real suspicious, sis. Exactly. Okay, so next, the birth of the flying saucer. We are still in June of 1947. We move on to Mount Rainier, Washington. Civilian pilot Kenneth Arnold claimed that he saw nine glowing objects flying in a V-shape over Mount Rainier. At an estimate speed of 1,700 miles per hour. How did he ah, guess that? That's what I was thinking. Okay, listen, this one's a video. I'd have to watch the video to Does figure he have this a, out. Like a, a, a pitching gun and I'm, just aimed it at this? Yes. Okay, so uh, comparing the flying V shape to a saucer if you skipped it across water. The news outlets reported this as the shape of the craft instead of nine individual lights in a V formation. The Air Force investigators claimed Arnold to be a credible source, but came to the conclusion that what he witnessed was just a mirage. That sounds uh, fishy to me. Yeah, how many mirages have you seen over <laughs> Mount Rainier? That's what I'm saying. But I still don't understand the speed. But I mean, we could get more into that if y'all want us to do the story. Just saying. Later that year, on October 1st, in Fargo, North Dakota, around 9 p.m., on a cloudless night, a World War II veteran fighter pilot was finishing a cross-country flight when a strange white orb appeared next to the wing of his plane. His immediate thought was that it was another plane, but the only other plane on his radar was underneath him. He engaged with it for around half an hour, but it outmaneuvered his plane. This white object made no sound, left no exhaust trail, and flew at speeds exceeding 400 miles per hour. The government claimed it was a weather balloon. <laughs> That's the fastest weather balloon <laughs> I've ever heard of. That's what I'm saying. It's always a weather balloon or they Just made it up. Just on the wing of this dude's plane. Exactly. That's I don't understand. Okay. Now, in August of 1952, in the Florida Everglades... Scoutmaster Sonny was driving three Boy Scouts near West Palm Beach. Sonny saw a bright light flash over a Palmetto Grove, so he stopped to investigate. He left the three boys in the car and told them if he wasn't back in 15 minutes to alert a nearby farmhouse. He came back in a terrified state, barely coherent and with burns on his arms. Later, he claimed to have witnessed a 30-foot in diameter flying saucer and a red mist that had engulfed him, which had made him lose consciousness. The grass at Palmetto Grove was singed and the plant roots were charred. Okay, that one, that one seems kind of crazy. Guess what the U.S. Air Force had to say about this? It was just really hot that day. No, they said it was the greatest hoax of UFO history. Of course. The next story is what started the iconic alien appearance, the Little Green Men. On August 21st, 1955, in Kelly, Kentucky... A family who lived on a farm claimed to have a terrifying encounter with aliens. There were nearly a dozen witnesses. The alien encounter lasted several hours and they were able to witness the creatures just a few feet away from them. After this alien incident occurred, they immediately went to the police. The next day, numerous calls came into the police station about similar alien encounters. So that family saw... This group of aliens. They had and like then a, the very next day, a whole bunch of calls came in and said, hey, we saw what that family saw. 
Kinda, yeah. So basically, it was like a family of like 11 or 12 people. Yeah. Had like a standoff with these creatures, basically. Ooh. At their house. And then, yeah. That's like signs. Uh, oh my god, it is. <gasps> it is like signs. That movie scared me as a kid. Anyways. Um, yeah, the next day people were calling up saying that, like, they were witnessing the same thing. They were seeing these people fight these aliens in their house? No. That they were seeing these aliens. Yeah. Also, they were talking about how these are, like, credible people. They weren't, like, crazy people that always made weird calls. Like, they never really had, they never had issues with these people. So they're like, why would they just make this up all of a sudden? Yeah. Okay. Next, we have Holloman Air Force Base in New Mexico. In March of 1956, two military personnel were in the desert searching for debris from a recent missile launch. One of the men claimed to see the other pulled into a flying saucer. Three days later, the abductee's body was found 10 miles away. It was mutilated and drained of blood. What the heck? Yeah. Okay, that one's... I don't want to say cool, but that one's interesting. The only proof they had was a government report, which mysteriously vanished. There are other stories that we purposely left out because we will be covering them in future episodes, such as Skinwalker Ranch in Utah. Okay, also, I want Preston to do this quiz. It's, if you were an alien, what kind of alien would you be? Like the classic green alien? The fat one. Or, I'm just kidding. It's just UFO trivia. Okay, ready? Yes. Where is Area 51 located? New Mexico. California, Nevada, New Mexico, or Colorado? New Mexico. What is it? Nevada? Yep. 90 miles north of Las Vegas, Nevada. We should go. To Las Vegas? Yes. No. Area 51. I'm just kidding. Okay. During World War II, U.S. pilots began reporting odd balls of light or shiny metallic spheres that could fly circles around their planes. What were these UFOs called? Reflections. Uh, um, pilot lights, missionary lights, sidecar spots, or Foo Fighters? Ooh, I like sidecar. Wait. I'm going to guess Foo Fighters just because I don't know how the band got their name. Yes, it nice. was Foo Fighters. During World War II, yes, U.S. pilots began reporting odd balls of lights or shiny metallic spheres that could fly circles around their planes. These UFO came to be called Foo Fighters. British and German pilots also reported seeing these strange lights, and each side thought that they were some sort of secret weapon developed by the enemy. The phenomenon was never explained. When was the earliest known UFO sighting? 1200 BC, 100 BC, 1086, or 1941? 1941. That's incorrect. Oh my gosh. What is it? I, I don't know this. I haven't taken this quiz. Let's go with this one. Nope. Okay. This one. 100 BC. The earliest known report of UFO sightings was by Julius. Up. This is. You can say it. Come on. Subsequent. A Roman writer in 100 BC. He claimed to have seen things like ships in the sky over Italy. Some people also believe that the Old Testament book of Ezekiel contains a reference to the UFO sighting. The book of Ezekiel chronicles the period from about 593 BC to about 573 BC. 
So if this is actually a UFO reference, it would predate the sighting by the Roman writer, Opsequin. I looked and I saw a windstorm coming out of the north. An immense cloud with flashing lightning and surrounded by brilliant light. The center of the fire looked like glowing metal. And in the fire was what looked like four living creatures. Ezekiel 145. Around the time of the solar eclipse of July 11, 1991, what city experienced a wave of UFO sightings? Las Vegas, Beijing, Mexico City, Hong Kong. Mexico City. Oh, oh. wow. During the solar eclipse of July 11, 1991, Mexico City experienced a wave of UFO sightings. According to the hundreds of eyewitnesses, a bright object hovered over Mexico City for about 30 minutes before during and after the eclipse and was videotaped by 17 people in different parts of the city. The sightings, which began with the eclipse, continued for several years. After the eclipse, it was reported that the Mayan prophecies, specifically the Dresden Codex, had predicted that the total eclipse of July 11, 1991 would usher in two life-altering events, earth changes and cosmic awareness in the form of encounters with the masters of the stars. That's a little alien we have here. <laughs> Debunkers, however, have challenged this interpretation of the Dresden Codex, as, as well as the actual sightings, which they suggest were simply the planet Venus, which would have appeared unusually bright during the eclipse. Do you think the aliens were there to witness the eclipse? I think they are the eclipse. <gasps> the only life-altering event I know of in 1991... Was when you were born. Yeah, it was my birth. Yeah, it ruined everyone's life. What was the name of the U.S. Air Force 22-year investigation in the existence of UFOs? Project Condor, Project Majestic, Project Blue Book, or X-Files? Blue Book. Yep. The U.S. Air Force conducted a 22-year investigation based out of Wright-Patterson's Air Force Base in Ohio called Project Blue Book, which studied evidence for the existence of UFOs. What U.S. president once reported seeing a UFO? Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan, John F. Kennedy, or Lyndon B. Johnson? Jimmy Carter. In October, some source say January 1969, Jimmy Carter observed a UFO in the skies near Leary in southwestern Georgia. This unidentified flying object, which appeared just after dusk, was a single luminous object about 30 degrees above the horizon that Carter estimated to be about 300 to 1,000 yards away. How do people, like, estimate these things, you know? You just hold your thumb up to the sun and then take a guess. What organization was found on May 31st, 1969 to investigate UFO phenomenon? ASFAN, A-S-F-A-N. QFOS, C-U-F-O-S. NICAP, N-I-C-A-P. MUFON, M-U-F-O-N. I'm going to go NICAP. Oh, that's incorrect. MUFON. I would go with either of these because this has UFO and this also has UFO in it. They can't see which ones you're pointing to. Oh, <laughs> I'm telling you. KUFOS. Let's go KUFOS. Oof. Dang it. MUFON. Mutual UFO Network. See, I told you. It has to have UFO in the name. The Mutual UFO Network was founded on May 31st, 1969, shortly after the publication of the University of Colorado Condon Report. Yeah. 
as a vehicle to promote the investigation of UFO phenomena. What is the name of the hidden base near Area 51 where Robert Lazar claimed to have worked for the U.S. government reverse engineering an alien spacecraft? B6, M1, S4, or U10? M1. That is incorrect. U10. That is incorrect. B6. That is incorrect. These are all vitamins. S4. (laughs) In November of 1989, Robert Scott Lazar gave a series of interviews to George Knapp on KLAS TV in Las Vegas, in which he claimed to have worked for the U.S. government's reverse engineering an alien spacecraft at a hidden base known as S4 near Area 51 or Group Lake. And that concludes this week's episode of Chills. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at ChillsPodcastNP for updates on when new episodes are released. And remember to leave us a comment on which story you would like for us to cover in our next episode. If you have any personal paranormal stories you would like featured in our podcast, you can email us at ChillsPodcastNP at gmail.com. We'll see you Monday.